And now, streaming live from Chicago, Illinois, it's the comedy show with a podcasting habit, Starlight Radio Dreams! Tonight's episode is Season 5, Episode 10, SR Demonology, featuring On the Rocks, Sleigh Bells, All Cakes Are Beautiful, Hue and Cry, and Flight of the Space Cowboy. Now, here is your host, the man whose mustache Salvador Dali called his greatest influence, Burlington Showtime! <laughs> well, here I am at the edge of the woods, and honestly, I could I wish I could be more specific than the edge of the woods, but honestly, that's all it says in the script, so... I suppose that leaves you wanting to know why, in the name of Coretto the Demon, I'm out here, being as I am a man of advanced age and accelerated good sense. What would drive me to the edge of our infrastructure and away from the dross and brine of humanity? And the answer is... professionalism. When the producers tell Burlington Showtime to go out beyond the range of taxicabs and delivery drivers alike, he does it. Furthermore, when they tell him that he must say the name Coretto three times to summon the first serial from the abyss of hell, where we apparently have people working remotely due to the... You know. Well, you had best believe that he will deliver on that promise as well. Professionalism or no, I do have to wonder, just where am I? You know. In case I need to, in case I need to explain it to a television news magazine tomorrow. Where were you when the glue guru came out of the woods and ran off with your entire remote camera? Well, I don't know, Dan. Some spooky woods. It just doesn't smack of a competent story, well told, and I am a professional who values such things. I wouldn't just ramble into a camera. Certainly not. You know. Back in the war, they taught me how to reckon my latitude and longitude using only the stars and my wristwatch. Of course, recently my niece Devon has been teasing me for wearing a wristwatch in the year of 2021. And I can tell that we're still near a city because there is not a star to be seen. Huh. Shit. There's the crew, of course. They might be able to tell me, but I am forbidden by tradition to address them directly. Perhaps I can ask Coretto if he ever... Stop me if you've heard this one. Stop! So I'm eating a can of nuts, right? And I get to the bottom, and that last nut just will not tumble out of that can. You know what I call it? The butt nut. Fascinating! Let me tell you, the wife just loves that little term. Big fan. Wow, you're such a rebel. So I'm wabbing the bottom of the can, trying to get that thing out, and my wife walks in and shouts, What's all that noise? Did your answer involve the words butt nut? And I say, I'm just trying to get this butt nut in my mouth, babe. Do you have a newsletter I can subscribe to, you maverick renegade? All right, that's my time, gang. Enjoy the veal. Nobody eats veal anymore, you outdated monster. Submitted for your ratification, Chris Mason, prolifically unsuccessful stand-up comedian, has just finished his 500th failed performance. 
sitting at the nearby bar, he hopes to drown his sorrows in an array of clear liquors. But his self-medication is about to be interrupted by an unexpected visitor. Bring me another one, Mary. My name's Eve. Boy, have I got a story for you, Mary. I got other customers. Cool. Thanks for the sympathy. I don't owe you emotional labor. I'd sell my soul for a good tight five. That can be arranged. Huh? What's that? If you're looking for a quality stand-up material... Oh my god, are you the devil? Are you offering me a comedy career if I sell my soul? Not the devil, but if you... Yes, I'll do it. Whatever it is. Deal. I'll sign. Perhaps you should take a moment to consider... I don't care. Give me the contract. Do you want blood? Do I sign in blood? That's not strictly... Just give me the contract! Fine, Jesus. Da-da-da, yada-yada, type five. Wow, one hour special. Famous for the rest of my life. Awesome, good, good. Sign at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take my immortal soul for all eternity, sure. Right where it says signatory. Hold up! It says here I have to relocate to New York. Well, we have offices there. And you don't cover my moving expenses? Well, we are giving you fame and fortune for the rest of your mortal life. Nice try, asshole. But but you'll get the money back as soon as you- Get bent! <sighs> Nobody wants to sell their soul anymore. I'm not your therapist, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Fine. Bring me another one of these. Coming right up. Uh, sell my soul for just one gullible fool. That can be arranged. Oh. Who are you? Let's say a friend. Well, one friend to another. If I can't find some jackass willing to sign over their soul by the end of this quarter, the Prince of Darkness is going to have my guts for garters. What a tragedy. For me, anyway. If only there were some way for you to, say, purchase such a willing fool to sign over their soul to you. Yeah, I know, exactly. But how? Perhaps I can be of assistance. You need only sign this little piece of paper, and soon, perhaps even before the night is over... I can't sign this. Huh? I can't sell you my soul. I'm a spirit of the underworld. I'm already damned for all eternity. I don't have a soul. Damn it! I'd sell my soul for you to have a soul so you could sell your soul to me. That can be arranged. What a shame, you a willing buyer, only to find your seller has nothing to sell. Are you here to buy my soul? Perhaps. I'm trying to buy this guy's soul, okay? I'm obviously a demon. I don't have a soul either. Huh? What? You're literally making the exact same mistake I just made. Yeah, is this y'all's first day? What's going on here? Wait, so you're both? Yes. Well... Fuck. Yes. So embarrassed. I'm embarrassed at this point. I wish I could just melt into the floor and disappear. That can be a ah! Jesus. Fuck. Will you all stop just sneaking up and saying that can be arranged? I have a heart condition. No, you don't. You're dead. Well, stop it anyway. Hold on a minute. Are you all... Yes. Just like me? Yes. Well, boy, is my face red. Not really. It's been a bit of a lean year. We know. Big surprising, really. We know. People 
all are more desperate than ever. And yet more scrutinizing than ever. Nobody wants to sell their soul anymore. It's not fair. Well, it looks like it's an open mic night. Reckon I'll tell some jokes about how my spouse and I don't get along. I'll offer helpful suggestions from the audience. Sounds delightful, friend. And I'll go to bed early. Great. Goodbye. Wow. Sometimes you get a look in the mirror and do not like what you see. I'm still not your therapist, man. I was just talking to myself. All right. I gotta get into a new line of work. Well, anyway, here's your drink. Thanks. On the rocks. Hmm? It's supposed to be on the rocks. Is it? Yes. I want some ice. Oh, well, that can be arranged. Consider eternal damnation. An entire world of parasitic middlemen who make their living by suckering others into surrendering their souls. How long would it take for the suckers to realize the game? How long before there were simply too many con artists and not enough marks? How long before the entire system collapsed, only to be replaced by something better? The parasites supplanted by the caring. Suckers inheriting the world. Too long, probably, judging from climate change. But still, pretty spooky, right? Pretty spooky indeed. Well, that was certainly a quick payoff to that setup. I feel like we usually keep you all in suspense a little bit longer than that. The crew were kind enough during the break to let me know where we are and that Coretto isn't actually the name of a demon, but is instead a kind of Italian espresso drink, which I am now very much in desire of. So, I'm right as rain now, and excited to tell you about an amazing development in our ongoing quest to bring you new merchandise. We've been teasing it for a while now, because as it turns out, they take a while to make. Behold! Starlight Radio Dreams Socks! I am ecstatic to have them in my hands finally, to tell you that they are soft, satisfyingly stretchy, and best of all, extremely limited. We bought just enough of them for each of our Patreon backers to have a pair in your choice of the smaller size or the larger size. More details will be in your email tomorrow. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I wish I had some of those socks right now. Let me assure you that it would be in vain, because whatever socks you might be wearing are about to be knocked off regardless of our next, uh, regardless by our next serial, because they're heroes. They're precise professionals. They're not taking anybody's guff. They're the Sleigh Bell. Previously on Sleigh Bells. Ah! Ow, my leg, what the? Okay, there's a Crow sticking out of my thigh like a dart. Every year, every All Hallows' Eve, Sawin, and Day of the Dead, portals get opened. We accept this. We live our lives out of an all-terrain satellite and robotics gilded armory disguised as a Maserati, and we are happy to clean up every beastie that shows up so your covert teams can close the portals and keep the public blissfully uninformed of how it all works. But whoever you've got closing portals is incompetent or negligent. Oopsie-daisy, what's that? 
Oh, silly bird smacking into the glass. What little dummies? Well, will you take a look at the exterior security cameras? So many little birdies. They're all over the building. I wonder if they're hungry. Poor little birdies. Look at that. Just bonking their birdie little beaks against the glass. Are there not enough worms for you today? Well, maybe the crows want a slice of pie too. Barb? Barb, can you hear me? Ugh! If those crows just killed the best pie maker in the state, I will be most irate. Oh god, there's crows sticking out of her all over the place! Barb must have been at the window when the crows busted through. Chesterton, Barb is still breathing. Get her upstairs to the medical suite. Careful, there's glass everywhere. I'll make a barricade in the broken window. Ethel! I know what I'm doing! I need a Mississippi minute. You're lazier than a lounging lion. More crows are coming in every minute. That window needs to be closed. Ah! Ethel, can I get a Mississippi minute, please? Oh, I get it. A Mississippi minute means you need Ethel to cover for you. Ah! Take that, crow. You saved me, Ethel. I know. Thank you. You're amazing. Ethel, be careful. Shut your pie hole. Take Barb and go. Get. Okay, bye. Almost there. Ah! Get off of me, stupid bird. You got one hit on me this morning, but you ain't getting another. Speed it up, Edith. I'm out of daggers and darts. I'm going to switch to rifle. Indoors? Don't you question me. Ah! Fine, but don't you rush me either. Now, where in the spiced ham hell is Ruby? Either still talking to the manager, blissfully unaware of the crow infiltration, or traffic control in the managerial floor where the panicked folks have fled. I'm here, and it was the latter. Well, look who finally decided to join the action. I also stopped to help Chesterton with Bob. Edith, are we there yet? I'm working on it! Ah! Ethel! Oh! Yeah! Ethel! A little help! You're fine. You're wearing titanium armor, aren't you? It's a little tough to use a weapon and a drill at the same time. Looks like Edith needs a Mississippi minute. She's needy, all right. Office lobby chaise lounges and side tables are not the easiest materials to MacGyver. I'll protect Edith if you want to deal with the strays. Suits me. <laughs> it was chaos upstairs. You'd hardly think this is a company that specializes in protecting the world from supernatural beasts. I bet you half of them don't even know about that. Okay, here goes. How many more crows are left? None. Okay then. Crow breach has been sealed. The internal security teams will have to take it from here. To the Maserati! Coordinates are in. Got him. Are we heading to close the portals? We are headed to the team who is supposed to be taking care of the portals. Do we have time for that? The portals are spilling monsters into the city. Good night, Ethel. Listen, if you hadn't dawdled playing politics with the manager, we might have taken care of that situation faster. Sealing up crow wounds is dawdling? The team that closes the monster portals is called the Supernatural Seals. They haven't checked in since before Christmas when they supposedly finished. 
I got their HQ coordinates from Chesterton's desk. Oh, and by the way, want to know what Chesterton's password is, Ethel? No, I do not. It was sweet. He's your biggest fan. Hey, nosy pants, I am uninterested. Did he beat you at darts? Of course not. Well, is that why you pinned his clothes to the wall? I don't think you're telling me all. Keep this up, Edith, and I'll pin your ankles to each other. Why are we racing to the Supernatural Seal's house? Why don't we simply contact them? You can try. Their profiles are in the Maserati comms now. I don't think they'll be there, but if we raid their house, we can get some of their equipment or clues. It would at least be polite to call before ransacking their home. Calling Supernatural Seals. Their HQ is a house in a subdivision, just like ours, but way on the other side of the city. It's almost like the company took extra steps to make sure we never crossed paths. I reckon they did. Hello! You've reached the cell phone of Jersey Capella, captain of the Supernatural Seals. If you have this number, you're either someone I want to call back or a real good hacker. If it's the former, please leave a message. If it's the latter, kill you later, probably. This is Ruby Pruitt, leader of the Sleigh Bells speaking. There are at least four dimensional portals open in the city and you are needed. Please contact me at this number. My team and I are happy to assist you. We are not. Thank you. Ethel. You ain't the official leader. We are a team. Well, then perhaps show a little team spirit and do not sabotage my message to the head of a different department. Ruby is the unofficial leader. And if you do not trust me to represent you, do not send me to deal with the manager on your behalf. And by the way, I negotiated 7% raises, doubled bonuses, and added another month's leave once this is all sorted. You're welcome. Once this is all sorted? We might be dead by then. They played you, Ruby. I beg your pardon? Ethel, you're about as ornery as a wet hen. What gives? We should not be dealing with this problem. And I'm sick of Ruby giving us extra work to do. If you believe you can negotiate to greater satisfaction, by all means. Ethel, come on. You would have gotten us fired. I would have told them. Incoming. Call from Supernatural Seals. <gasps> Jersey's calling us back! Answer it, Ruby! Would you care to take this call, Ethel? I will not say one word. You're just sulking now. Put it on speaker so we can all talk, Edith. Hello? This is the Sleigh Bells. You got Edith, Ethel, and Ruby all here. Is this Captain Capella of the Supernatural Seals? No. No. No, it is not. You want to tell us how you came by her cell phone and happened to have a remarkably similar voice? Evil twin, perchance? Do keep headed my way. I can't wait to see you all in the flesh. What in the hush puppy hail? You bring the hush, darling. I'll bring the hell. We raise our own hell just fine, thanks. Oh, you have no idea in your ninny noggins, but you will very soon. Well, would you like to give us your location so that we may be as expedient as possible? Of course. The Supernatural Seals HQ. This ostentatious McMansion in a subdivision swamp is my lair! Including the portal closing equipment and the Lunchables. Come to think of it, that does sound pretty hellish. I know, right? Ugh. I mean, we eagerly anticipate your arrival. Well, thank you for confirming that. I will check traffic and find the best route. Oh, you don't have a GPS? Do not interrupt my 
minor demon, Biff. Sorry, boss. Oh, I presume you are a major demon then. How would you like to be addressed if you're not Captain Capella? Oh, you may call me Portal Pippi. <laughs> Porto Potty, got it. How dare you? <laughs> That's good. No one's thought of that yet. Silence, minor demon, Biff. Sorry, boss. Uh, I can't imagine how you managed to take down the untakeable Captain Capella. Yeah, I bagged her. Uh, she's folded up and locked away in a tiny corner of her brain, so I can make myself at home. My lands, you possessed a portal closer and didn't just eat him right off the bat. However did you do that? I've spent millennia biding my time around the portals and now my era has come my genius inventions lie in the beak venom boss boss don't what did i say about interrupting minor demon death you're monologuing yeah so i've earned an audience my microphone time and it's a pleasure to frighten enemies before it's we... It's how they get information out of you. Ah, uh, piss. I know, it's really easy to do. Since you're new to the job, I hate to see you make a rookie mistake. Shut it, Biff! Uh, <clears throat> listen, sleigh bells. You're nothing more than pathetic pewter teacups. Here's about the sturdiest teacup you can get. Pathetic? Then. Like refined and valuable? Fart! No! Like fragile and painted and fake. Friggin' fart munches! You just, just keep on headed my way, sleigh bells. I've got a whole gang of demons ready to take up residence inside you. Well, hail. Ethel, you should pull over. The burnt popcorn hell I should. I like it better when you promise not to say a word. I can't stay silent when you're hell-bent to follow enemy instructions and drive headlong into a trap. Think, Ethel. We fight demons all the time. Demons that try to eat us. We haven't fought possession demons. What happened to not wanting to do extra work, Ethel? Don't you want to say Jersey? If we stab or shoot Captain Capella's body, the demon will come out, but she'll still be dead. If you give me some time, I might be able to come up with a different kind of weapon to shock the demon out of the host body. Figure it out on the way. We've got an entire arsenal in the Maserati. Let's get to the fight already. We are not ready for this fight. Maybe you're not. Sleigh bells, we fight over nail polish color and the perfect levels of browning toast. What are we doing fighting over how to deal with monsters? You two are being monsters today. I'm ready to take you both out. I reckon you are. And you know what? Maybe time for a team reorg. Ethel, will you please pull over so we can talk this out? And by talk, I mean come to fisticuffs to reorg the team by physical dominance? I beg your, I pardon? Beg your pardon? Yeah. Let's have our own fight before tonight. I'm not going easy on you now. I know. I'll go first since it was my idea. Unless Ethel wants to just take us both on at once. Absolutely not. Edith, what's gotten into you? No weapons, though. Barehanded. No. If we're too wounded, we won't be able to fight Portal Pippi. Not that. No, we are not going to fight each other. You only don't like it because you're going to lose. This is madness. I will not hurt you. Another reason I will win. What do you say, Ethel? I say let's go. I'll meet you on the field. Edith, we are wasting valuable time. Come on, Ruby. It's time. 
I'll take my licks, and then you just last a Mississippi minute, okay? Ah, I see. Daggers down, shotgun encased, and I'm waiting. I'm coming. I am going to let you make the first move, though. I think you want to hit me a lot more than I want to hit you. Probably true. <laughs> so, are you so very twitchy about Chesterton because you're kind of witchy about him? Stay out of my business, Edith. Am I making you flush because he's your big crush? Shut it, Edith. You clearly bewitched him, or maybe he's the one who cast a spell. Like hell. Oh, hey, you finished my ride for me. Thanks. Oh, that is worst. Oh. <laughs> ow, 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 uncle. Uncle Ethel. Let her go, Ethel. Just. Cool it, Edith, all right? You have no right to butt in whether I like him or don't. Fine, fine! I should have respected your boundaries. I'm sorry, Uncle! Fine. Oh. Oh. Edith, you might need stitches. Let me help you. Stalling for time, Ruby. There's a first aid kit in the Maserati. I'm fine. It's your turn, Ruby. Ethel, is this really necessary? Put up your dukes, Ruby. Can you please listen to reason? Ugh. You lying basset hound! Why can't you just speak plainly? Perhaps because what you understand as plain is also blunt and tactless. I ain't following any leader, and if I did, it wouldn't be a pageant contestant like you. You dance around issues and waste time. When did you forget that teamwork requires different talents? Hand the sleigh bells over to me. You can't hack it out here in the field anymore. Too much bureaucracy. Go push paper. Go push paper, should I? Shall I push my boot further into your back or just hogtie you now? Get off of me. No. Ruby, take your foot off, Ethel. What do you mean? You set up this fight. I mean, just don't touch her for a second so I can tase her. Oh, clear. What? And here's your short sword, Ruby. Immobilizing her with a taser is one thing. I'm not taking a short sword to Ethel. I'll take care of Ethel. You take care of the demon about to pour out of her in three, two, one. <laughs> well, all right then. Die, sleigh bells, you infernal pests. <laughs> <laughs> You are literally an infernal being. Why would you consider that term derogative? You need to practice some self-love. Are you kidding? Masturbation is all the rage in hell. I meant self-esteem. Uh, oh, never mind. I am cleft in twain, and thus I am slain. Oh, nice death rhyme, demon. Bye. Uh, <clears throat> nice work, Ruby. Sorry I had to do that to you, but I needed you to keep Ethel busy while I recalibrated the taser for exorcism. How is she? Stable. I've got her on oxygen, potassium, and a shit ton of riboflavin. Demons hate riboflavin. She should be conscious again in a few seconds. That was quite the gamble you took, Mississippi Minute Maid. How did you know she had a demon? Beak venom. I reckon that's how they got cats in Capella and the Supernatural Seals, too. <sighs>
What in the moldy mice hell happened? Moldy mice? It's a Christmas cookie with walnuts and powdered sugar. Correct, but what happened to me? Ethel, that crow that dive-bombed you this morning infected you with a demon that was slowly taking you over. I set the taser up for exorcism and it came out. Ruby killed it. How are you feeling? Like the worst hangover since Jethro's Jello Shot Jamboree. I don't remember the taser, but I do remember I've been a fierce pain in the ass. I said some hateful things to you, Ruby. You didn't mean them. Actually, I did. I'm sorry, but honestly, I've been royally pissed off at you too long before the crow got me. Well, that's the thing with demons, right? They're actually pretty stupid on their own. Their whole deal is just taking stuff we already think and feel and helping us act in the worst way possible. But I promise I'll back off on your love life. Damn it, Edith, I don't have... Oh, hell. You're my best friend and I busted your lip. Ruby, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. We'll work it all out as a team. I just ask that you believe that I have your well-being in mind. The lack of trust, that hurt. I feel like a fox caught in a hen house. Well, get ready to sharpen your teeth, fox, because every single person who's been hit by a crow beak is incubating a demon now. We better get moving. The number of demons we have to fight is growing fast. Let's get to the Maserati. I'll drive. The jealous salad, hell you will. I'm fine. Let's go. <laughs> That's our Ethel. All right, sleigh bales, move out. Will the sleigh bells rescue Captain Capella? Can they warn the populace about the consequences of crowbeak venom? Will they manage to close the dimensional portals currently pouring monsters into the city? Tune in next time on Sleigh Bells. Who knew demons could bring a team together so effectively? Maybe, maybe the real demon is the petty squabbles they had along the way. Now, you may have noticed I'm joined now by a whole second person. Friends and friends of friends, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Sarah Moore. Sarah is a multi-talented performer here in the Chicagoland area. You may know her from her work with World of Caldea, Sarah's Table with Ninth Level Games, P.S. Burlesque, and Romeo's Faux Studios, where she starred in and wrote the show Gamer Chick. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. We are just thrilled to have you joining us as a special guest this month. Last month's guest was a little, um, bitey, I'll say. Oh, well, I am also usually quite bitey, but we're in a, a socially distanced format. So you were sort of saved from that. I, I consider myself especially fortunate to be across the wires of the internet today. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your career and what you're up to these days. But before that, we have a brand new short from the Showtime Podcast Network. Now, no one says that your guests eat first with their ears. Regardless, we still think that this show from the Fluffy Foods Network will have you starving for some baked goods because as the name suggests, all cakes are beautiful. Hello all, and welcome back to All Cakes Are Beautiful here on the Fluffy Foods Network. I'm Alex Mager. Today, I'll be sharing my grandmother's special pineapple upside down cake recipe, handed down from grandmother to granddaughter for over two centuries, skipping every second generation just to piss them off. For me, I can't talk about pineapple upside down cake without talking about the 4th of July and the first time I tasted my grandmother's special dessert. But 
If you're itching to skip ahead to the recipe itself, feel free to jump to the following timestamp. Timestamp not found! I was an awkward 11-year-old who got good grades and little else, who didn't know her place in the world, and who knew nothing about the revolutionary healing power of All Cakes Are Beautiful here on the Fluffy Foods Network. But make sure you know about the healing power of a quarter cup of butter and a cup of packed brown sugar, because we'll be using both today. It was a gorgeous afternoon. The weenies were roasting, the burgers were burning, and our neighbors were celebrating in their own yard with some amazing music I had never heard before. My grandmother called me into the kitchen and let me eat the first slice of her beautiful cake. That's when she passed down her special recipe and even let me carry the rest of the cake out to the backyard for everyone else to enjoy. Of course, when we returned to the backyard, that's when we saw that our neighbors had some visitors. A group of strange and unfriendly looking men had climbed over their back fence to complain about their music. Men with shaved heads featuring tattoos that the Fluffy Foods Network has asked me to describe as controversial and best not discussed outside of their historical context. These very contextual men began threatening our neighbors, suggesting that their religion was not the correct one, or that they did have the correct religion, but somehow did not quite have it in the correct way. The air grew tense, and my entire family was staring silently. That's when my grandmother broke out the baseball bats. We have an old saying in the Mager family, she said, fuck around and find out. Just like you can fuck around with a 20 ounce can of pineapple slices in juice drained with the juice set aside if you're unable to find out a fresh pineapple, which I do recommend. Old grandma vaulted that fence faster than you could de-stem a six ounce can of maraschino cherries, which you should do before starting. My older cousins scrambled up after her, each grabbing a baseball bat as they landed. I stared longingly after them until my father, a kindly man who had had children a little later in life, stooped awkwardly down and helped me climb over that fence to join my old grandma, a twinkle in her eye and a pine wood slugger in her hand. I joined the rest of the Mager family standing firmly between our neighbors and the skinheads, whom the Fluffy Foods Network has asked me to remind you are entitled to their own opinions and are free to express their controversial views in a peaceable manner. Our neighbors thanked us for our smiles, our fellowship, and our baseball bats while a rude man calling himself Stormguard insisted that we ought to mind our own business before grabbing a hold of my grandmother's arm and attempting to shove her back toward the fence. Grandma beat the shit out of that Nazi asshole who cried like the fascist boo-boo baby that he is. And you'll cry too at the scent of this Fluffy Foods brand yellow cake mix, a treat and a bargain that can be found at your local grocery store.
The Fluffy Foods Network has also asked me to point out that the Fluffy Foods Network does not condone violence in any form, for any reason, and that I am merely relating a historical event to you, not condoning any actions that might be perceived as controversial. Old Grandma shouted, I've had one policy on Nazis for the past 50 years, and I don't see no reason to change it now. A vicious bloodbath ensued, where three generations of Magers and Gutierrez's, our neighbors, became one through the healing unity of anti-fascist praxis, while rage against the machine played in the background like a glorious anthem of revolution. We never saw those controversial men again, their bald and bloodied heads redder than a bowl of maraschino cherries, who presumably returned to the context in which they are meant to be viewed. But the Magers and the Gutierrezes spent many wonderful summer days after that celebrating friendship, festivity, and the nation we had grown to love. Just like I'm sure you'll grow to love this special pineapple upside down cake. It's a Mager family tradition, much like busting Nazi skulls. And I've decided to share my traditions with you here today on All Cakes Are Beautiful. Heat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, 325 degrees for dark So what do you think, Sarah? Are you suddenly in need of some cake or at least a little justice? Uh, I think I'm always in need of cake um, and pretty much always in need of justice. So if I can combine the two, it's kind of the sweet spot for me. Sounds ideal. Now, you're something of a social media superhero. Explain it to me as though I were born before color film and only shortly after telephones. Great. So social media uh, is like magic. Oh. Uh, it goes across the invisible lines of the internet. Uh, and I think it's made our world a lot smaller, which is very cool. Um, so my particular job is to help promote, uh, a, it's called World of Chaldea, and it's based on a and d campaign that's been running since 1981. So I, I get to kind of just play on the internet. I get to go on and, and share all of the beautiful arts that we are making and connect with people. And it's a, a wonderful tool, should you decide to ever use the internet. Occasionally they print out the, the uh, comments and tweets for oh, me. Oh, sure. Now, speaking of birds, a, a little birdie, yes. the same one that handed me your introduction cue card, tells me that oh, yes. you're a burlesque dancer and producer. Now, I have been a friend of the art form since, since before the footlight conflagration of Carson City. So I must ask, what do you think makes burlesque so special and relevant today? I think burlesque is a really interesting art form in that each dancer has the opportunity to truly be their own producer. You get to be as vulnerable as you would like to be. So if you need to lean into something to get something sort of out in, in this artistic form, you can really spend the time to, to sort of strip it down and be really, really super vulnerable. But then you can also do something really ridiculously comedic and it can be in the same show and it all fits because uh, 
because it's so individualized. And I think it's just a really sort of beautiful expression of everything that you have happening inside you. Uh, okay. You're an enormous advocate for tabletop gaming culture, which is quite a skill. And you even work directly for a couple of different companies in the industry, as we've discussed already. Yeah. Uh, what do you think makes playing games together so special? And why do you think more people should give it a try? A lot of people describe it as improv with dice, but I don't think it's that same sort of thing. It's like it's like being in a writer's room. You know, you're you're with these four or five people and you are all focused intensely on the journey that your your characters are taking. And and so it's like you are you're it's gonna sound super corny, but like it's like you're like writing your your destiny. You're writing their oh. destiny and being a part of it. And I think it's just such a a cool thing. Sarah, I, I really want to thank you for this wonderful conversation. I'm thrilled to have had you with us today. We will have edited it down for time, and uh, the full recording will be available to our Patreon backers starting tomorrow, and podcast listeners can hear it on November 14th. This was all wonderful stuff. And now we've got another short from the inimitable Cassandra Rose for everyone. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, I'm told that you've taken a role in this one. Yes. Uh... A friend asked me if I wanted to be a lesbian on the radio, and I said yes. What more could one ask? Uh, well, please, everyone, sit on the edge of your overstuffed divan whilst fanning yourself lightly and staring off into the middle distance because it's time for some Regency-era romance with Hue and Cry. <sighs> Good afternoon, Miss Chloe. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. Are you ready for your tea? Is it that time already? I'm afraid it is, miss. My, how time flies when you're in turmoil. Oh. Shall I pour you a cup? Yes, thank you. Sugar. One, please. Cream. Just a splash. Your biscuits are here too. Thank you, I'll have the one. Oh, but there are two available. Just the one, please. Here you are, Miss Chloe. Thank you. Well, if there's nothing else. Of course, you are excused. What's the matter, miss, if you don't mind me asking? It's a letter from Mr. Cameron Stillwater. Here! My passion burns for you so deeply, I fear I might combust in rather messy fashion. Well, isn't that nice of him to say? No, it's horrible. He always writes me such loving letters and I never know how to respond. Does such a letter need a response? Even when we are face to face, the best I can come up with is, goodness, aren't harpsichords fun? Not your finest work, I'll give you that. Whenever I think of Cameron, it's as if every good word I've ever learned just skips away out of the room. Come now, Chloe. I can think of plenty of good words for Mr. Stillwater. Of course you can. But if I want Cameron to propose before the end of the season, 
It's me that needs the words. Propose. Miss Chloe, you desire to marry this... This... Messy combustion. Not if I can't think of something charming and wonderful to say to Cameron and fast. I don't know. Some of my best relations with people have occurred without a single word being uttered between us. You're always full of charming and wonderful things around me, Miss Chloe. It's different with you, Elizabeth. Right. I can talk to you and you're so... so... What if... I... were Cameron? Whatever do you mean? What if you were to pretend that I was Cameron, here, visiting you, now? Oh, I see. You could practice with me. And so when you see Cameron again, you'd have the right words ready and waiting for you. You would do that for me? Anything you need, miss. I'm here to give you. All right. All right, then. This is exciting. Like being in the theater. I'll come back in, and when I do, I'll be him. And what should I be doing? Be just as you are now. Sipping your tea, ready to be caught unawares. There, just like that. Ready? Quite. Enter! Why, Mr. Stillwater! <coughs> Please, my sweet, let me hear you call me Cameron! <laughs> Cameron? What an unexpected surprise this is! Apologies on my intrusion, but I have not been able to get you out of my head since last night. You haven't? In fact, I was unable to sleep a wink last night. I'm terribly sorry to hear that. Don't be, for every time I closed my eyes, I was met with visions of my maiden's head. Oh my, Mr. Stillwater. Is that not how he talks? No, the illusion is quite perfect. Carry on. <clears throat> and what of you? Me? How have you been sleeping since our previous encounter? Oh, fine. Fine. Fine, you say? Oh, yes, if only because you have been in each and every dream I have had. What ho? In fact... It's gotten so bad this morning, I snuck back to sleep after breakfast, just to spend a little more time with you. Ha-ha! So then we are in agreement. We are each hopelessly besotted by the other. Hopelessly. So, I thank you once more for visiting me this fine day. I didn't come here merely to socialize. No? I came here to ask you... Miss Chloe, to do me the honor of being my lawfully wedded wife to be. Well then, ask away. Will you do me the honor of being my lawfully wedded wife to be? <coughs> Cameron, yes, goodness me, yes. Oh, happy day, my sweet, my love, accuse me. Miss, are you all right? Chloe? I'm fine. Are you sure? Yes, I... You're a very good actress. Thank you, miss. But I think... Oh, yes. Uh, that will be all for now. 
I thought you said I did Cameron justice. No, I mean, yes, I mean. Yes? Cameron and I, we've never. Oh, oh, I see. But when we do, it will be, it will be different with Cameron. Different good or different bad? Just different, Th that's all. There's nothing wrong with just different, is there? It's not just different, it's... It's... Gluttonous. Gluttonous? Yes. A true sin. We cannot simply indulge in our basest desires simply because we feel like it. Why not? Because it's not what proper young women are raised to do. Well, I wasn't raised to be a proper young woman. No. No? I was raised to serve. But that's all right. I think I'm quite good at serving. I mean, you've never had reason to complain, have you? I, well, no. No. You were raised to be a proper young woman. Frankly, I'm glad our roles weren't reversed. I find being a proper young woman can be quite stifling. Don't you? Don't I what? Find it stifling in here. I... Oh, for example, I know for a fact that these are your favorite biscuits. And yet, every afternoon, you take just one, leaving the others to go stale and be thrown out. Doesn't that feel like a waste to you? Perhaps. Then perhaps you should do something about it. Perhaps you should stop being so wasteful. Because if you want something, you should take something. See? Simple as that. Want. Take. Want. Take. <laughs> oh, what a charming love story just beginning. I suspect we'll have the home box office team banging down our doors for the rights within a fortnight. Now, friends, I must be brief and tell you that our next piece will be the last one of the evening. However, it is not all bad news, as this piece is a timely and realistic story for our age. So, of course, we've chosen to wrap it all up in aliens and jokes. Strap yourself down and pour yourself some tang, because it's time for Flight of the Space Cowboy! Is the Earthling awake yet, Leebox? It is lying down, eyes closed, breathing rhythmically. Yes. So what do you think, Dave? Okay, no need to jump down my throat. No need to ask dipshit questions. Truce. Truce. I think the mission is getting to me. I'll say. You said truce. I did. Truce. Brain activity is increasing. Is it time? At long last. Mm. Mm. 
Greetings, Earthling. Please relax. Relax. We are speaking to you in your native language to help you feel more at home. Please feel at home. Okay. What, um, what's going on here? We have taken you aboard our ship. Really? You don't say. Oh, good. The Earthling likes sarcasm, too. Isn't this wonderful? Dave. And look at me. Now I am also being sarcastic. What's happening right now? Aren't we just three delightful sarcastic assholes? La di da. Dave, please be professional in front of the earthling. Sarcasm is not a personality trait. Okay. Oh, I'm really sarcastic. I speak fluent sarcasm. Oh, do you? How fucking unique. You must be a real independent thinker. You said truce. I did. Truce. So... Why am I here? You are here so that we may observe you. Cool. Cool. And how exactly will this observing manifest? We will look at you. And that's it? That's it. Cool. Cool. You seem awfully calm about this abduction, Earthling. Are you not shocked? Terrified? I got a lot going on right now. Ah. Uh, so, are you taking me back to your home planet? Not exactly. Not quite. No. Okay. I'm just going to say it. I feel like there's something you're not telling me. Earthling. Bob. 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 And you? I am Leebox Crampulian, 47th High Administrator and Deathmonger of the Cyphorian Sector, defeater of the Virgomites of Shroff, pilot, first class. Okay. And first class, that's the best class? It is. Cool. Cool. Uh, and you? I am Dave. That's it? You're not like 30 second high whatever? I am a civilian. Oh. You're not like a space tourist, are you? No, fuck you! Whoa! You said truce! I am a navigator with two engineering degrees, dickhead. Okay! I am a professional. I graduated Duranda some Alculon in a class of 17,000 just outside Styrian Jarfloid. I went to Zarlacan! I don't know what that is! I am not some rich fuckface leeching off the labor of others so he can play act like some big innovator whilst everyone else does the actual- You said truce! I'm sorry! Sorry. Sorry. I just get a little... Yeesh. We are both a little... What? What is it already? Sigh. Sigh? Like the word sigh? He's coming! Earthling Bob, our boss has been waiting in the other room for you to wake up. He is coming now. Okay. Is he, like, a galactic conqueror or something? <laughs> no! He is the founder of a private space exploration company. Oh. Oh, no. Sorry, Dave. He just thought it would be cool to go to space. And he pays really well. He wanted to see an Earthling. So if you could do us a favor and just, like, act all Earthlingy. Not to get all species or anything. What, um, what's, uh, what's... Earthlingy. Like, you know. Don't make us say it. I'm sorry, I really don't know. Wave your arms around a lot and go, woo!
shout a lot. Oh, you think we shout a lot. Interesting. Tell him you love your country. Ask when the McRib is coming back. Tell him how much you hate your rulers, but passionately defend the system that created those rulers. And this is what you think of all Earthlings? Shit, here he is. Shush, shush. Is this the Earthling? Yes, Mr. Cosmox. I thought it would be bigger. Ouch. It talks. Yes, Mr. Cosmox. Most Earthlings speak recursive languages. Damn. Learn something new every day, right? Sure. Yes, sir. Really makes you think. Uh-huh. Earthling, I am Skior Cosmox. I'm sure you've heard of me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, technically. Why is it talking like that? Like what? Oh, uh, woo. He's waving his arms! Oh my god, he's doing it! Rog. I love the McRib! Oh my god, he said it! He said it! Yes, sir! They all love the McRib, sir. Make him say the line! The line! Oh, right. What line? Um, take me to- oh, come on. Really? Say it! Say the line, Earthling Bob. <sighs> Take me to your leader. I am the leader! Good God! I am Skior Cosmox! Uh-huh. I am King Shit of Fuck Mountain! No! I am a fucking space cowboy! What does that even mean on your planet? Okay, get rid of it. What? Fun's over, let's go. What about the Earthling, sir? Fuck the Earthling. I've got golf with Musilioix Spoifwark in 20 sarcoids. Okay, you say golf, but you also say sarcoid? Shoot it out the waste tube into space. That's a joke, right? Sir, it would take only 15 sarcoids to return the Earthling to its home. I'm not missing another golf game. Shoot it out the tube or you're fired. Yes, sir. Still, space, right? Really makes you think. Yes, sir. All right. Take this shit skipper home on the double. I'll be in the panda room. Eating panda. That was exhausting. Yeah. Well, that's why it pays so well. Yeah. You have two engineering degrees? Yup. I forgot. All right, Earthling, time to get in the waste tube. No way, I'm not gonna- Shh. You're going on a sleepy little voyage, Earthling. Wait, don't kill it. Stuff it in the bathroom behind the shower curtain. We'll take it back with us. Isn't that illegal? Lots of stuff is illegal. In some sectors, wearing your flebaloid on scream day is illegal. You're a decorated war hero. War hero is an oxymoron, but, yep. And now, here we are. Yep. Space cowboys. Fucking space cowboys. Ha ha ha. That's the one you're going to be quoting for the rest of the week. What a fabulous show we had tonight. Thank you all so much for coming and being here to help make this show both possible and worthwhile. Our friends at City Lit are producing an actual real live play 
right now. And three of the actors that you've heard tonight are a part of it. If you live in Chicago or are going to be in the area and you feel safe doing so, I personally recommend 13 Days. It's a play about the thir uh, it's a play about the Cuban Missile Crisis, as told by Robert F. Kennedy, who's being played as we speak by our by our very own Cat Evans. Isn't that exciting? We also want to say a very special thank you to Sarah Moore. Hey, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about the projects that you've got coming up and anything else that you'd like to plug? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I so have, much. I know. I have, I have so many things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, let's go in in the order. What did we talk about? It social media. We did, yes. Gaming and burlesque. Okay, so uh, my company, PS Burlesque, they do a monthly show at uh, Room 13 in Chicago. It is the second Friday of every month. Also, you can catch me every Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash level up underscore TTV, where I do Sarah's Table. If you would like to follow me at, at any point to find out all of the other weird things that I have, weird magical gaming things that I have going on, um, I am on Facebook at Actor Sarah Moore, and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Ko-Fi at Pixies and Pins. Um, the people will put that on the screen somehow. Ah, yes. And put it on the screen they did. Ah, well. With all of those plugs out of the way, the time has come for me to say goodbye. While I am excited to return to the heated car, which will take me to first to somewhere that I can buy a Coretto, and finally home, I am still sad to call tonight to an end. You've all been amazing, and I sincerely hope to see you all next month. Until then, from all of us to all of you, from coast to coast, and all the ships at sea, good night. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Starlight Radio Dreams, SR Demonology. Written, directed, and performed by Kat Evans, Jared McDerris, and Ansel Birch, with special guest writer Cassandra Rose. Featuring the vocal talents of Kim Fukawa, Lisa Burton, Julia Kessler, and Sarah Moore. The Starlight Radio Dreams theme was written and performed by Arnie Parrott. Special thanks to Shure Incorporated. Join us next time, January 28th, for Starlight Radio Dreams show-length musical, Samuel Spruce in The Warehouse Always Wins. The little wooden boy will finally learn the truth about late-stage capitalism through the magic of song. Until then, keep laughing and keep dreaming.